now that we have everything in place, it looks like this week will be another week for a new episode of Mars on Life. Hello, everyone. I'm back again. Uh, this is Ryan Mancini. Joined with me, as always, is... Sebastian Shug. Pleasure, as always. But I think we have someone else here. I don't know. I'm, I'm picking up on something. I don't know. I'm, I don't I'm know. all by myself in my room right now, so I don't know what you're talking about, but... <laughs> uh, must be the voices. Anyway... <laughs> why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself sure hi um i'm shawnee badger and i am also alone in my room <laughs> <laughs> all right oh, so it turns out man. i need to go see someone but uh hello <laughs> hi I'm yeah Shawnee, welcome to Mars on Life, and uh, you're you're our first guest, so thank you so much for having some time uh, out of your day in quarantine to join us. Heck yeah. I'm the first guest ever? First guest ever. For this show, yeah. How far right. we've come. <laughs> I'm so excited and honored. Thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, Kind of something that uh, Sebastian and I have sort of developed in terms of uh, when we have guests on the show, sort of what we hope to talk with them about and kind of get an idea as to how their work kind of ties in with not only reflecting on society, but also what what else artists do that, you know, try and enlighten us as a society. Um, I guess before I transition to you, Shawnee, I just want to give a quick shout out. Uh, of course, we're all in isolation slash quarantine due to coronavirus. And uh, as much as there's a lot of great uh, people out there to follow and listen to, uh, just want to give a quick shout out to the Chort and Chitty podcast. They came out with a little PSA statement today. Uh, when I mean today, I mean on April 1st. Uh, that's when we're recording this episode. And uh, please give them a follow. Give them a like. Listen to their show. They're a couple of great guys. I used to work with uh, with Drew, one of the hosts. That's Chort and Chitty. Uh, it sounds like a different phrase, but Chort and Chitty. Uh, this is a PG show. This is a family-friendly show, damn it. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah, so Shawnee, I guess uh, kind of to, to hit it off um, – you know, kind of give us a little bit of background as to uh, sort of your career, your work, I guess you could say uh, post-apocalypse, or no, pre-apocalypse, um, and kind of uh, what else you've been doing uh, around SoCal. Totally. Yeah, um, so I'm an actor. Um, actually, pre-apocalypse um, so I was uh, I had just finished I had just finished a show it was my first like leading role in a play oh. and it was yeah it was a show called Eurydice by Sarah Rule and it's a really lovely um, story kind of like a modern take on the um, myth of Eurydice and Orpheus and it talked about love and loss and um, romantic love and um, love between a father and daughter. And it was just a really beautiful um, story. So, yeah, I'm an actor. Um, I had a three-year career doing modeling um, before that. And I think doing that was kind of what led me into acting, Um you know, like doing modeling, you kind of are this character. You're not really, I mean, at least for me, uh, you're not really yourself because I'm in actuality very awkward and um, <laughs> very awkward and somewhat of a nerd. And so modeling was definitely like very out of character for me. Um, and yeah, the whole kind of like taking on this different um, persona in modeling was really fun to not have to be my awkward self to get to be something else and that kind of um, sparked my interest uh, in pursuing an acting career and yeah I paint I'm very involved in um, political activism 
And yeah, I just love telling stories that will make the world a better place. <laughs> I mean, we'll definitely. Well, that's the show, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'm kidding. Can we just end it here? No. <laughs> yeah. I do have one question, though, and this is just from an outsider looking in. Um, I mean, obviously, this is actually the first time we've spoken to each other. We've met with this new wake. And I I know you've stated before the pandemic or before the uh, apocalypse. Are you still channeling those skills now that you're kind of uh, bunkered down in self-isolation like um when it comes to creative avenues for acting, modeling, political activism, especially, I know we touched upon that a few times in a few episodes of Mars on Life. Uh, would you say that it's still not valuable? Because of course it is. But what's the right word? Viable. Like, mm-hmm. is it still possible to do? Yeah, you know, I've definitely. Um, it's been hard in a lot of ways, like especially acting. I mean, you know, all my acting classes got canceled. Not many, um, there's not many options for online just because acting is so much about connecting. The in-person space. feel. Right. right, exactly. Like even, you I mean, you can video chat, but it's just not the same thing as like really being in front of someone and looking into their eyes and really connecting with them. So. Acting is definitely, um, that's been a hard one. I, I'm, I'm, I've tried to like put together play readings. Um, I got the rights to a play and I'm working on trying to do like a virtual play reading of it. Um, but other than that, it's, it's definitely really hard to create um, and tell stories. I mean, I guess one thing I've kind of been trying to do, and this sounds <laughs> slightly crazy, but actors are kind of crazy, um, is, you know, I studied the Meisner technique and in the Meisner technique, you kind of, um, there's this um, aspect of it called emotional preparation where you, you know, sit down and kind of go into your imagination and use your imagination to, um elicit different emotions depending on what's called for um in a particular scene you know you would use emotional preparation to if if at the top of the scene you need to be feeling you know upset or angry or happy or whatever it is you emotionally prepare for the top of that scene and then whatever happens in the scene happens um because you take it moment by moment but I guess I've been (laughs) kind of doing stuff like that um it's like uh putting on music and going into my imagination and feeling sad or feeling angry or feeling happy and honestly I mean right now it's pretty easy to uh get to the sad place (laughs) I'll tell you that right now (laughs) (laughs) um because gosh I mean everything not being able to connect with people as an actor Mm -hmm. is really um difficult so would you say that being alone helps you sort of find your, uh, uh, I guess, center more so like if you're, it, like you said, if you're trying to hearken or hone a specific emotion, uh, being alone helps with that? Yeah, I'd say, you know, you really have to know yourself before you can know a character. Uh, I think you have to know your own story before you can tell somebody else's story. So definitely having that time to get in touch with yourself and your own emotions and how emotions land in your own body, then that can help you, you know, with bringing that voice to another character or to another story. Um, Definitely, yeah. Hmm. Wow. I mean, definitely productive then. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I'm trying. (laughs) No, it's... It's just such a, uh, and of course Ryan could chime in on this as well, but it's been such a hectic atmosphere that it's it's more, it's not even to the tune of beating a dead horse anymore, that I think a lot of people are just sort of, with this whole self-isolation, they're sort of, well, they're understandably lost because, you know, they can't interact with other people, they can't interact with other artists, 
And I mean, it is a lot of it is a test of independence. I feel that you sort of have to think outside the box when you're placed in this situation. Uh, and we've definitely touched upon that as well. When this started, I believe last episode, we were just kind of uh, <laughs> just tossing around ideas about uh, artists figuring out what to do in this time. So, yeah, well, we uh, and, and and Shawnee, I don't know if you had a chance to see it on either our social media or through the Mars on Life uh, social media. But we uh, we were promoting the hell out of the uh, Los Angeles artist census. And it's such a cool thing. And I, I think it's something in which, you know, it really has all the potential to earn as a great tool for artists in and around Southern California. And, you know, on our show, we, we like to look at artists as being more than just, you know, the painters and the sculptors. It's, you know, the writers, the authors, the actors, the screenwriters, the filmmakers, journalists even. And I think... uh that that's something that it, it's kind of difficult when, you know, for a lot of people, their sources of income related to the arts is totally cut off because of a basically because of a pandemic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, it's something that, you know, it's it's on our minds all the time. It's it's our it's, you know, we, we can't escape it. And I guess since the three of us are all kind of, you know tools of communication fields i guess what's in in your in your kind of capacity what's it sort of been like to you know for the lack of a better term sort of cope over the last few weeks i work at disneyland um i do performing there um and i mean i i guess i'm like I, i guess financially i'm in an okay place because disney is paying us um the the performers, the food service, ride operations, we're all getting paid while uh, the park is closed. Um, I think the former CEO, Bob Iger, he took a complete pay cut. And then the new CEO yep. is taking like a 50% pay cut. Yes. So, yep. yeah, which is very impressive and wonderful. And uh, I mean, I was shocked but very happy <laughs> to see that so um so yeah I mean coping financially I'm I guess I'm in an okay place um I mean the lack of opportunity is kind of what's been hard to cope with like there's no auditions there's no um theater productions like the few things that I was planning to audition for were canceled um so kind of that like creative fulfillment and and wanting to be successful and a working actor because, you know, there's like that stereotype that's, you know, not far from the truth for a lot of actors in Los Angeles that, you know, actors are unemployed. They're not serious. They're not working. They're not, you know, yeah. showing up and, and doing the work. And for someone who is an actor who does, you know, do everything I can to get work, show up. Um, right now, not having any opportunities at all is really uh, discouraging and and depressing, frankly. Mm-hmm. I think with this whole surge of uh, online means, I mean, that's pretty much the only way people can communicate and really do business in the artistic sphere. Uh, you have so many people wanting to market their skills, uh, like let's say graphic design and you know music production, for example, uh, to a point where everyone's doing it all at once. And um, I, I mean, I don't know. Do you think that that's? I mean, it's great that they're putting their talents out there amidst this pandemic. However, is it is it good for the everyday artist? Is my question. That everyone's doing it at once. Yeah, I mean, it seems like, like for example, you know, I, I do painting and I, mm-hmm. I I follow a few companies who have, um, who lead painting classes around Los Angeles who have moved all of their painting um, 
classes online and their art classes online and it's there's and there's so much I mean there's so many classes every single day and there's so many opportunities um for people to sign up and take art classes and I don't know maybe with so many people in quarantine there's enough uh, to go around for everyone (laughs) but yeah I don't know (laughs) Yeah, and I, I've I've seen some of the the painting that you've done is fantastic. I mean, I think it's that's what's sort of interesting now is artists and you know the the term content creator comes to mind where it, it's just about what you can keep on doing where you know you've got friends and perhaps even a fan base that will you know continue to see what you're doing especially if it's people that aren't working and you know rent day just hit people have lost their jobs and people don't know how exactly they're going to move forward with their lives and so having that brief bit of you know reprieve where they can sort of mellow relax a little bit have a laugh or two or just go full joker hysterical uh joker stuff uh uh you know i think that that's we killed the batman (laughs) that's uh we we had a long joker talk just so you know shawnee (laughs) but uh uh, without breaking some eggs part two uh you can find it on anchor spotify and apple podcasts um Anyway, God, you want to make that uh, any more ham-fisted? <laughs> speaking, speaking of ham, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, we don't advertise uh, ham on this on this podcast. Um, I, I think it's kind of like it's kind of like uh, you know making sure that we we you know ourselves, but also just any kind of content creator coming out with something. And I think. To some degree, it, it can be gradual. Like I know, um, shout out to our guy uh, Zachary Urbarek. He's the guy who made the artwork for our show, and he's you know he's grinding. He's he's making sure that he's producing more great great pieces of work um, while also working at a grocery store. So you know, in, in his case, it's it's interesting, but it's also kind of scary just because. He is an artist, but he's also, you know, kind of putting himself out there. Um, whereas, and I know Sebastian, in your case, you're still dealing with people every day with world, <laughs> or at least every other day, perhaps. Yeah, the thing is, it's not to go into too much meticulous detail, but the thing is, when... When you're an inch away from somebody's car, right, and this is coming from a guy whose position at work is not even drive-through and not even the traditional definition of what you'd interpret drive-through as being. No, this is me guiding people out there with my hands one by one into the drive-through because there's so many lines and people for some reason think that buying donuts is an essential good. I don't know how the fuck that's possible. (laughs) You know, the funny thing is we actually uh, got fined for gridlock. That's how bad it was. Oh, wow. my God. Um, demand. When you can clearly see Walmart right there, not as packed, oh. is less crowded. And, you know, the funny thing is it's just I can understand, and, I, and I've told people this as well, with this downright dwindling economy. I'm no economist, but it's probably pretty bad. People losing their jobs and everything and turning to alternative forms of income like Uber, Uber Eats, Postmates. I can understand food delivery, but when you get approached by one person after another saying, hey, if I just want to get donuts, um, you know, how long's the wait? Eh, about two hours and they'll willingly do it. Oh, my gosh. Like. I mean, without giving away where you were, without like, giving away where I, I, I don't really care. I, like, here's the thing: I get the demand, but yeah. at the same time, and maybe it's because I'm practically an existentialist, but maybe it, it's just one of those things where it's like, you know what, just not worth it. I, I'll go home. 
<laughs> like I, I, I it, don't get the I don't get the demand, and personally, they're not getting the supply, so <laughs> cancel that. <laughs> but um, I think this is, you know, artistically or not, this whole thing has caused people to lose their minds. And uh, speaking from someone who's been retail all their life, uh, or has had retail positions all his life. It just really makes you wonder what people put ahead of themselves. So, you know, I, I don't mean to stand up on my soapbox or anything, but <laughs> oh, no. stand hey, up. Hey, you know, what? I'll just step down. <laughs> when, when we get Zach on the show, you and I are, are going to be doing the the Wayne and Garth. We're not worthy thing as far as I well, technically I will, because out of the three of us at, between you, me and and Zach, uh, I, I'm I'm the one who who got hosed in terms of in terms of work but um but I, on top of that too i know that kind of turning it back to you shawnee i know that and, and obviously this is where our our paths have crossed multiple times uh another factor or another thing about you that is very fascinating in terms of you you know being an actor but then also having this life that entails you know politics and activism um, I guess what what kind of came first for you? Was it the wanting to act or did the activism come first and and kind of do they ever those paths ever cross? Yeah, um, they definitely cross. Um, I mean, acting came first um, and then came the activism and they kind of both for me have gone hand in hand. Um, I think just because they come from the same uh, place in inside me, like in my soul, um, like with acting, it's, it's all about for me, like giving a voice to the voiceless, because I know like when I was growing up, I had a pretty um, <laughs> crazy childhood um, and I didn't really have a voice in my childhood. And so when I found acting, it was like, I found my voice or it helped me to find my, my own voice. And mm-hmm. it also, I think it always interest, interested me because it was like my, like playing in my imagination was an escape from all of the trauma in my childhood and, getting to to be somebody else and and have a different family <laughs> um was was just like uh, such a comfort to me and kept me kind of um I don't know um from going off the deep end I think being able to um play in my imagination and imagine that you know, my life would get better someday or someday things would be different for me. And then that kind of evolving into um, imagining that I'm someone else and um, and the empathy that comes along with that. And, you know, acting really does make you a more empathetic, compassionate, caring person. You want to connect with people. You want to um, understand their life and, you know, their story and I think that's what activism is as well, like having empathy and, you know, reaching across the aisle and trying to understand, you know, why people might need healthcare as a right or housing as a right or, you know, why protecting our environment is so important and, yeah, all those things. Yeah, I mean, those those all seem to be things that... Um at least since, you know, in the years leading up to me walking up to Sebastian talking about doing a podcast, um, that's something that I've noticed a lot of from artists in and around uh, Southern California. And, you know, you and I kind of grew up in the same area and, you know, separate parts of the same area. And and for a long time, frankly, I mean, and, and – there just never seemed to be anybody quite like that, at least from who from whom I saw. Um, it, really, it was just me 
you know, writing tirades against Honey Boo Boo and Rush Limbaugh <laughs> and, you know, the religious, like, like, just you know, just basically better. being <laughs> the most dark horse person at my high school and, but do, trying to do it through, uh, through journalism and try and have it be, you know, responsible yet, you know, as adversarial as I knew I needed to be. And, and that was something that I, I always kind of found fascinating with you, um, just because, you know, the way I've, I've kind of described Shawnee to a lot of people uh, when it comes to a lot of the local activists and, and political junkies where I live is you're, you're kind of one of the last of the Mohicans in that, you know, you're, you're still here and you're still fighting a great fight. And I think it's it's in a lot of ways it's bittersweet just because it's sad to see a lot of those other people go but it's also encouraging to see kind of where you're at where you're you're fighting real hard for a lot of amazing causes um but then also having to try and balance everything back home because at the end of the day you know activism can carry on over into what you're getting paid for but then at the same time, that's not always the case. And I think there's a lot of people who try to get into activism thinking they can do that. Um, and and I, I think kind of the, the way the way that you sort of walk that line is, you know, in my mind, it's it's fascinating. Um, granted, I've also seen you up close doing that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm biased in that I have uh, <laughs> and I have I have firsthand uh experience seeing it but i guess when you sort of look now at sort of the state of things in terms of you know balancing art as well as trying to be as active as you can in the community i guess what what seems to be the i don't know i guess where where do you kind of see it now kind of moving forward i know there's some people where you and i live that are still trying to fight some fights, including with regards to like presidential campaigns, but I guess what's have you kind of really just sort of hunkered down and and put that part of life on pause? Yeah, I mean, I I I want to try and find a balance between the two because I I really think that the for me there's just so much intersectionality like. I think I was even just saying this the other day. I feel like, you know, to be a good actor and to tell a story, you know, that's imagined, an imagined story or a fictional story, um, and to make that matter to you and to make um, the words of an of another writer or of a writer to make those words matter to me and personal to me. You know, I, I don't think, you know, you can do that well if you don't care about what's actually happening in the real world right now. You know, like if 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 what's going on right now doesn't affect you in some way, I don't know how an imaginary story could affect you, you know, and to be right. an actor, it needs to affect you. So I really want to try and find a balance between the two. I know I, I've... <laughs> I'm not going to run for office. I've had, you know, with my level of involvement, I think people have thought that I would run for office someday or have encouraged me to run for office, um, which right. is really flattering, um, but it's never going to happen because, <laughs> um, you know, at the end of the day, I'm an actor and I'm a creative person and I'm an emotional person and I'm sensitive and an artist and I don't really think you can be those things, um, <laughs> sacrifice something if you want to, you know, try and hold public office. I think you're going to have to let go of some of those sensitivities or emotions um, to survive. And I have no interest in doing that. But mm. um, yeah, I definitely do want to have, you know, I, I want to stay in, involved in some capacity um, as grim as things <laughs> continue to get. <laughs> Um, in our community and in our world, I feel like, you know, I really want to try and hold on to hope that things will get better. I think that's what's kept me involved this long is I have like this really, um, 
kind of, uh, I don't know, strong sense of hope and optimism. And it probably comes from um, the way I grew up, you know, things were pretty bad when I was growing up. And so I had to hold on to hope to survive and to make it out of my childhood alive. And so now I think I'm trying to channel that hope that uh, into that maybe the, you know, the state of the world will get better. Our community will get better. If I, if I keep trying to fight the good fight and stay involved, you know, maybe things will get better. And so that's kind of what's kept me going. (laughs) And I know that uh, as well, there's been a couple of really great political organizations that you've been not only involved in, but you've been a leader in, I guess, kind of tell us a little bit about how that kind of came about. Yeah. So, um, I, um, I kind of co-founded and lead meetings for an organization. Um, it's a local chapter called our revolution, Santa Clarita Valley. And it's, um, a part of a national organization called our revolution. And it, uh, it came out of the Bernie Sanders 2016 campaign. And, you know, they're kind of all about um, building a grassroots movement, um, you know, within different local communities to, um, you know, fight for progressive issues, to elect progressive um, candidates to office, primarily to... Um, push the Democratic Party to be a more progressive um, party and to get money out of politics. So Mm -hmm. um, I've been a part of that organization for, let's see, two or three years, two years I've been leading that group. We have like a meeting every month. Um, You know, it's relatively small just because of the community that... I live in um mm-hmm. but it's definitely gotten bigger since it started um i think you know people kind of um are in and out um but for the most part we've had like we have a large membership list um and i also uh after starting that group i brought democratic socialists of america um, along with um, another local BSA member, we brought that to the area and um, we kind of made the two organizations like sister groups and they both meet on the same day, um, one after the other, which is really nice. And mm-hmm. um, it's worked out really well because it's kind of, you know, pushed people in two different directions, like DSA people pushed them into um, Democratic Party involvement and then pushed the Our Revolution people into DSA involvement. So kind of helped to grow both of those organizations on a bigger level, which is uh, really nice. And mm. yeah, I think I th- that came out of, you know, I, in 2016, I was a big Bernie supporter and I was a delegate for Bernie. And so it just made sense to keep trying to uh, fight the fight and uh, grow the political revolution after 2016 was unsuccessful. And you showed up in uh, a Showtime show that that touched on the uh, 2016 Democratic National Convention. Yeah. <laughs> My gosh, I was. Yeah, when I was a when I was at the convention, I was. Uh, <laughs> was really out there with my <laughs> passion. Um, so I think uh, I got for, I got too much news coverage uh, that I kind of wanted, but it's fine. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, uh, for anybody who wants to find Shawnee, the, 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 it's a Showtime show, Enemies, the President, Justice, and the FBI. You'll find her there. Blink and you'll miss her. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm just more so blown away by by the level of just accomplishment <laughs> you know that's why i kind of just kept that's why i kind of just kept silent um <laughs> other than praise really nothing further to add i mean this is your episode so please by all means it just makes me wish that this whole thing was over so that we can just get back to what we're all doing because it's just such a shame that it all has to come to a halt you, you know what i mean and 
but yeah, anyway. <laughs> well, well, and I think it, you mentioned that, and I think that's it, that in a way it ties in with uh, what we had talked about last time. It's not just you know the film industry, the book industry, um, but even you know to the extent of, of sort of what we were just talking about uh shawnee with kind of the local activism uh you know with our rev and with dsa the sad thing is is that those meetings aren't happening anymore um and speaking as somebody who's been to a lot of those meetings myself and it's a shame just because that you know and you and i have talked about this before that there's that connectivity when it comes to people seeing each other and kind of acting on instinct in person when it comes to you know who are you going to vote for or, or you know why do you support you know, this person over bernie or whatever and i think it goes to something you once told me about kind of people interacting with each other and how you know sometimes with our generation it's a little bit more difficult to get people motivated and to get them active but now we're in a situation where you're literally being told for your own safety and it's it's kind of you can't really question it. It's kind of like for your own safety, you need to stay away from other people. I guess what's what's kind of the way what ways do you think activism could still go on, you know, outside of a home? And, and I can already think of one answer, and, and it's two words: social media. But I'll let you answer the question anyway. <laughs> well, totally. Uh, I think the most powerful tool we have right now is social media, and you know, there's, there's so many different, you know, especially, you know, campaigns are offering all these different tools like texting and phone banking. And yeah. even, um, yeah. in 2016, I heard this term face banking where you can go on Facebook and type in on the search bar, like friends who live in, you know, whatever city and state. And you can see if you have any friends in that particular state. And if there's a primary, you know, happening, that day or upcoming, you can message all those friends and let them know about their upcoming primary and who they should vote for. And yeah, social media is definitely like a really powerful um, tool. And I think I think a lot of people, especially like young people, don't realize the impact that they as individuals can have, you know, in political activism, like you know, when I was first kind of getting involved in the Democratic Party, I, you know, learned that there's a platform that the party kind of writes, and it's like a value statement of all the things that matters to the party. And I read it over, and I saw that, you know, they didn't have any, because I'm vegan, and they didn't have any language in there about, you know, plant-based living, and the connection between that and the environment and how living a plant-based lifestyle is you know really environmentally friendly and can help save our planet and you know little me just by myself like wrote language and got it passed into the platform you know and I'm just one person and that was like you know I think I was like 22 or something you know so I was relatively young and you know young people, young individuals can make a difference and can make an impact. All it takes is involvement. You know, if you show up to meetings or if you, you know, volunteer for your candidate, you're making a difference and you're making an impact. And I really wish that more young people really understood that, that you going out and voting, because I've seen, you know, we've seen that like young people, I guess, aren't turning out the way we had hoped, which is really sad right. because if, if people were turning out, then those individuals could change the course of history. Yeah. You know, I, I think so, to that, I think to that effect, though, young people are, are turning out in ways that, if it's drastically opposing what sort of the older generations have sort of set into stone for us these past decades, I think they are doing their part in assisting these causes by combating some of these more destructive tendencies. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's definitely, I mean, 
I'll be the first to admit, uh, I do get a little bit annoyed when my Twitter timeline is completely clogged up with these kinds of people. Uh, but I do know that, no, no, but I do know that it's for a good cause. And it's like, well, no, this is important. These are issues. And I'm glad that people are taking to, I'm glad that people are taking great strides in ways that they know how to, in order to mobilize these, uh, these efforts. Yeah. And I guarantee, you know, and I guarantee you that if people were allowed outside, we'd be do we'd be doing this in a more crowd-centered area of of uh, mobilization. So totally, yeah. I think this like our generation is definitely more tuned in, and maybe part of it is to do with social media, but is more informed and more tuned in, yeah. and more I think more often than not on the right side of the issues than other generations so that's i think absolutely true I, I don't know where ryan stands on this personally uh i definitely don't like to think that i know everything on the planet um when it comes to you know i see everything i know everything <laughs> i am everything. um I, I guess part of a personal experience of mine when it comes to getting behind things backing up certain aspects of of movements is to really get a hands-on approach uh, whereas I state to myself each and every day that I still have more and more to learn. So I never try to come across as either one side or the other. It's mainly just a, how can I further analyze this until I can make sense of it, so to speak. So, yeah, I, I think I, I like what you touched on just because, uh, uh, in, it, well, I, I guess speaking for myself, um, you know, in terms of causes and, you know, like my own kind of, I don't know, I don't know what you'd call it, but something that really became real to me, um, you know, growing up, I, you know, I, I wasn't somebody that was reading, you know, Howard Zinn or, or, or Noam Chomsky, you know, I, I was getting a lot of my education and information from a lot of different, you know, resources right about now trying to get anybody to be out there and, and be mobile it, it's it's not feasible i know dsala has done an amazing job with their social media they're on point on instagram just about every waking day and i love it um i mean i guess you know shawnee you kind of tried keeping in touch with people on you know local matters whether it's about you know bernie's campaign or anything else of that sort or has it just kind of been kind of like what we've been doing just sort of battening down the hatches and and waiting this out yeah and i know that i mean there are still phone banks happening um and i know i've encouraged you know people to continue phone banking um for bernie but with the primaries being you know rescheduled and um, yeah, things kind of, I think we're just kind of waiting it out sort of, um, but I mean, there's definitely still things you can do, you know, for Bernie because Bernie does not intend to, um, end his campaign as of right now. So, uh, there's still things we can do, phone banking, um, posting on social media, talking to your friends and family, um, texting for Bernie. Uh, there's, there's still many things we can do um, from the comfort of our own homes. <laughs> I think if anything, it's encouraging as long as something still goes on. Um, I mean, right. I know something Bernie's has been increasingly active. It has to be stimulated and something just has to be an effect of all this time spent online, mobilizing online, through social media, um, you know, I'm not trying to speak it into existence because who the hell knows if we're going to be allowed out of our houses in the next 30 days. But I think if something doesn't happen when it comes to political activism or just, you know, we're not out there officially doing so, um, I think it could be a real detriment. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm wondering if, and again, I, I'm not trying to think glass half empty because uh, <laughs> I just reached for my water as I said that. <laughs> but 
<laughs> I like to I like to kind of examine things whereas if our efforts thus far haven't been working then what you know um, yeah. I'm not saying I'm not saying people like us who uh, put the not the cart before the horse the horse before the cart there we go <laughs> and you know actually get a snowball effect running I'm not saying the people who do that uh, are you know their efforts are lost so to speak not at all but what happens after it potentially doesn't work? You know, where do we go from here? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think anyone really knows that yet. So. Um. Well, I, I know for one thing, uh, a really great journalist that I follow, Sarah Jaffe, she's kind of encapsulated this whole moment uh, perfectly on Instagram. She said, uh, I love how the Internet has all regressed to being MySpace stickers quizzes lists of things we've done song lyrics ridiculous animation overexposed selfies dot 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 um i think to a weird extent that's kind of where we're at right now um yeah it's now since we're we're kind of getting close to the end of the show here uh sebastian i don't know if you had any other questions or anything you wanted to throw shawnee's way before i ask my uh little fun question at the end that uh, i have no answer for well actually i have a deflection a deflection is my own answer to my own question but anyway go, go so ahead. i like to pose hypotheticals when it comes to uh instances such as this and given your background it's actually really interesting to me uh i've grown up with a lot of creatives uh especially within the acting sphere so uh, it's definitely it's definitely nice to see another face, but every you know say everything clears up, you know we're allowed to go outside. The national guard isn't putting a shotgun to our skulls. What is what are you doing next? Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> you're saying like if the like world what's, doesn't what's, end. What's next for you, basically? Yeah. Um, like, well, are you gonna pursue? Are you gonna pursue something other than acting or modeling uh, or painting, or are you going to stick with these paths and see where they lead? Yeah, I'm definitely going to um, stick with acting and continue pursuing that. I have some shows that I was um, supposed to do. One one show that I got cast in. Uh, goes up in November so hopefully <laughs> things will be better by then and I can do that show <laughs> and I'm in talks to do um The Tempest um Shakespeare oh, wow. in so I'm very excited about that um so yeah that's probably what I'm going to continue doing is just um I guess I mostly do theater um and then I'm I have an, a representation who submit me for film and tv so once uh, things get back to, um, I don't even want to say normal because they kind of weren't normal, but um, <laughs> once things start moving again, then I think hopefully I'll have more auditions and things. So, yeah, definitely going to keep pursuing acting and continue caring about my community and the world as much as I can. Good, good. Now, here, uh -oh. now I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm throwing this to uh -oh. both of you guys. Throwing this oh. to both of you. Now, have either of you seen, and, and I say this as somebody who, who won't watch it, and like I said, I have a deflection as my answer. Now, have then either why, of you gotten why into ask the, it? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm asking the questions here. Uh, it's my turn. Uh, have either of you gotten on to this bandwagon about Tiger King? Fuck oh, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I just started it today. Okay. No. I, I don't know what to do and i'll and i'll tell you why no oh dear god but shawnee go ahead please well yeah i just listen i was like not gonna watch it because i'm you know i'm a vegan and i'm pretty sure that there was like a whole um like warning at the beginning of it you know some language on the screen that talks about how there's animal abuse in it which i'm you know as a okay. vegan i just don't want to watch but i you know Everyone won't stop talking about it, and the memes are everywhere, and I hate not understanding things because I'm a total type A person, and I want to know everything that's going on, and I want to be in on the jokes. 
And so the memes I did will start- not stop. <laughs> the memes will not stop. Oh my god. So I'm on episode three. I think I just finished episode three. So okay. Yeah. Well, on the contrary, uh, because that's what I do best. I'm very much a type B person where uh, I couldn't I couldn't give less of a shit if you paid me. But the thing is, no, 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 no. But that's not coming from personal vendetta. The fact of the matter is, when it comes to just bat shit, when it comes to batshit crazy shows like this, oh, oh yeah, it piques my interest. The thing is, when you are, how do I put this? When you are inundated by a bunch of outside sources, and I'm talking about people who have either seen the show, posting memes about the show, just all in all engrossed in the pop culture of it all, and thereby spoil it for you, it kind of takes the fun out of it. Now, this has happened with shows like Breaking Bad, The Wire, uh, Westworld. Walking Dead. Walking Dead. Okay, Walking Dead is... Doctor Who. Okay. I'll take that to the grave. However... Will I watch it? Probably not anymore, because uh, pretty much with everything having no- with a- everyone having nothing to do now, uh, everyone's just binged watched it. So I know what happens, and I'm angry that I know what happens because th- there was one meme that just it, it sent me. It really did. Um, this is so. <laughs> uh, Steve Irwin is to uh, Joe Exotic as Mario is to Wario. And if you know anything about these character arcs, one is completely calm and collected. The other is just batshit. I don't know if I'll watch it, so to speak. Uh, I do know that once that quarantine's over, uh, I'm taking a a nine iron to those people who spoiled its uh, kneecaps. And that's all I'm going to (laughs) say. So uh, you know, I, I might end up in jail with Joe Exotic. So uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> oh God. So I'll, I'll I'll throw it this way, um, because I've been in a what's your what's your tele- opinion? So I've been in a before I get to my deflection, I've been in a television existential crisis where I just don't know. I just don't know anymore when it comes to like what to see other than just rewatching stuff like the thick of it or doctor who or Seinfeld or whatever, or hell veep Mozart in the jungle. Those are all, these are all some of my favorite shows. Um, you know, hunters. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> hang on. Wait for my deflection. Um, now, you know, I've got some stuff that's on that I'm watching right now that's on like once or twice a week, like Cosmos or the plot against America on HBO, which in my opinion, great show, love the book. Um, but a while back I tried getting into, and I, I will make this quick just because, uh, Sebastian and I talked at length about this in our second episode. Um, there was the show hunters on Amazon prime that I got through one episode of it and said, yeah, I probably will watch episode two and then that'll be it. Now, Shawnee, are you at all going to watch Hunters before I give my deflection? I'm going to watch it, but you do you. I'm, oh. I'm, I'm not like worried about spoilers. I mean, I was well, going to well, hold on. Before this is spoilerific do, up the wazoo. Well, um, hold on a second. Before you do, if I may ask, what exactly are you deflecting? Like, are you changing your opinion? Oh, no, I'm I'm solidifying that I was oh, right so, all along about Hunter. <laughs> so you're not deflecting anything. I still hate the show and Shawnee might, may not ever see it. So, <laughs> well, I guess my deflection is my deflection is, hey, Ryan, are you going to see Tiger King? And my deflection is simply. Uh, so they kill Al Pacino, who it turns out was the bad guy all along. Oh my God! As the show really? ends, it turns out not only Eva Braun is still alive, but so is Adolf Hitler. It is, as the French say, total garbage. Hitler in the 70s, just when he thought Watergate 
was a 70s scandal, including Nazis? I just so, can't. can't do it. Um, I don't need it. So did they just so did they just read the Wikipedia page about conspiracies about Hitler's death or what? Like, are they going off of verbatim? It's like they took Confederate States of America and made it into a mainstream show rather than the weird ass documentary that it was. I mean, it's oh, it's kind of like we need less Nazis in the world and you just brought back to life the 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 king of the forest like <laughs> and and they killed and they made my boy Pacino the bad guy I mean you know Vito Corleone doesn't say this about Michael Corleone he says this about Sonny but I mean my my boy what have they done to my boy um so yes yeah, Shawnee it's all up to you whether or not you want to uh, peruse with hunters um if you want to see good material about World War II, watch literally anything else, you know. Yeah. And and it's not and it's not made in fantasy. So ironic the the movies that are set in stone in history that aren't supposed to make you feel good makes me feel a lot better watching them as opposed to Hunters. So. <laughs> Well, and, and and I just basically promoted Plot Against America, which is alternative history, but it's more it's done. It's done in a better manner. So yeah, and and it's dignified, and it also reflects kind of obviously. And that's the weird thing now is you can't say the times we live in because the times we live in have totally changed. But Plot Against America definitely reflects the post. 2016 period in ways that we could never imagine um and on that light note uh shawnee thank you so much for coming on to the show uh where can the good people find you on social media oh yeah um i think my all my stuff is shawnee badger s-h-a-w-n-e-e badger like the animal i'm the only person in the world with that name i'm on the instagram i'm on the twitter and i'm on the facebook (laughs) (laughs) wonderful and and i know there's an there's i'm pulling up twitter right i know that on uh what is it yeah you're at shawnee badger and then uh just so people don't get confused i guess what's your your current name not your your handle but your current name on twitter uh like the display name yeah Yeah. it's um piggy princess because i love (laughs) pigs And, and that's did, just did so you ask that just to make confused. fun of her? <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely Dude, not. Just because. Oh, you got her, man. I'll, I'll put it this way. I remember trying. I remember a long time ago trying to find you on Twitter. I was like, shoot, I know Shawnee's on Twitter. And then I found your Twitter, but then I saw it said Piggy Princess, and I was like, I'm pretty sure this is her. And then, of course it was. Um, and that was because I saw our mutual follows, and I was like, okay, no, this this is definitely Shawnee. Uh. <laughs> It's not somebody that stole Shawnee's photo and and made it their own profile photo. Um, uh, anyway, as I'm as I recoil in my lapse of uh, intellect, Sebastian, why don't you uh, give off your social handles? Yeah, and <laughs> before we make practically every episode talking about hunters, uh, you know, it, it's starting to sound like the A N P in here. Uh, my handles. <laughs> Uh, you can find me at Instagram at Dr. Sebi, D-R-S-E-B-B-Y, and same as Twitter, uh, at D-R underscore S-E-B-B-Y, at Dr. Sebi on both of them. Lovely. And uh, at my end, you can find me on Instagram. I am at Mancini Ryan. And on Twitter, you can find me at Mancini R-A. That is the letters R and A after Mancini. And uh, Shawnee, since you're our first guest, uh, I would like I will inaugurate our new term uh, every time we have a guest who comes on the show. Typically, we'll end out the show on if you keep going, you'll make it to Mars. In your case, welcome to Mars. Yay! Thank you. Oh wait, 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 wait! We made it. <laughs> well, she did. We're we're we're, uh, we're the tra- we're we're the transit. We're so We're we still got a he- people there. So we still so we still got a heaven's gate our way there. All right. Well, you better believe it. <laughs> You've been listening to Mars on Life. 
Please make sure that you find us over on social media at Mars on Life Show on both Twitter and on Instagram. And on top of that, you can find this show on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Our artwork is done by Zachary Erbrick, and our intro music is Space Explorers by Kevin McLeod. I've been Ryan Mancini. My co-host, as always, is Sebastian Shug. And just remember, if you keep on going, you'll make it to Mars. <laughs> <laughs>